All right, Justin, sing me a song. I'll make it easy on you. Sing me a song about female empowerment. (laughs) Wow, there are so many. Now you got to give me one where there are just tons. Um, I'm going to guess at which one you're going to pick. And then afterwards, (laughs) I'll tell you if that's the one you did. I do have one in mind. Guess. (laughs) No, you got to do it first. (laughs) Okay, you want me to go first? Okay, here we go. At a one, at a two, at a three. All my women independent, throw your hands up at me. All my ladies making money, throw your hands up at me. All my mamas flossing dollars, throw your hands up at me. All my ladies making money, throw your hands up at me. Girl, we didn't know you could down like that. Charlie, how your angels get down like that. Yeah. Nice. That is not what I thought you were going to pick, but I'm glad you picked that because I love that song. I thought you were going to pick I Will Survive. (laughs) I do like that song. That's another thing this movie was missing. A good song. You go a little more classic, a little old school with some of your choices when you do these songs for us. So I thought you were going to go like the classic route. Nah, son, I have that one in my back pocket. (laughs) I thought you were going to sing Who Runs the World. Oh, that would have been good too. Well, that, that was another good one. Yep. Yep. It's basically all Beyonce songs. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. Yeah, she's the first one, one of the first people that comes to mind when I think female empowerment songs sure. and whatnot. Yeah. 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 Well, I just, yeah, throw out a, a Beyonce, a Beyonce tune. Um, Miss Independent by Kelly Clarkson would have worked too. Yep. Oh, um, yeah. I like that. Just throwing one. that out there. Yeah. Actually, a lot of Kelly songs would work for that too. So, yeah. Well, some of them. Some of them. She does a lot of breakup ballads, though, too. Yeah. Um, but Mr. Know-It-All would have worked. I would have, I would have, I would have taken that, too. What about that Stronger song? I think that would work. Yes. Stronger would have worked. Yeah. Stronger. Yep. Um, see, now we're just going to get me on this long tangent of this. Let's just start naming Kelly songs. Um, <laughs> but instead of that, let's just, let's start the episode. Oh, it helps if I turn the sound up on the sound pad. So let's try that again, shall we? Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. It is I, Sterling, and I'm joined, as always, by Heather and Justin, and we will be talking about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between with the 2019 Charlie's Angels reboot. So, I don't know how to do this. Do I do I let Heather go first, since she is the only female? Or is that is that misogynistic and sexist of me to even assume that, and just, should I go Justin, because we're all equals? <laughs> it's this conundrum I'm in. Um, so I'm going to say, fuck it though. Heather, what'd you like about this movie? Um, well, I, to be honest, I was, I was pleasantly surprised by this film. Like I remember when I was younger, when the other Charlie's angels, the ones around 2000 with Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu, Cameron Diaz came out. I, I liked the movies at the time because probably my age at the time. And I just thought they were super cool realizing, you know, later on, they're not that great. <laughs> but I was a, I was always a fan of of you know just like the action uh, female movies. I thought they were really cool, and so I liked those. So, but when I saw them later on, I was like, okay, you know. So for this, I had a little bit of like, a, is it going to be the same thing? And in a way, it was the same thing. But I did actually, I, I was pleasantly surprised by this. Um, I I really liked the dynamic between 
the um the characters because the way they did this one is they weren't all just friends with each other when we are introduced to them they weren't like super close and all of that when we're going through this movie and the story of this movie which i thought was a cool dynamic because through it it, they kind of become closer they kind of become friends and start to care for each other but it it was just kind of it was cool to kind of start it out that way too because you you get to see a little bit more of their personalities individually and how they all work well together because they all are so different so i thought that was um a unique way to do it and i really enjoyed that they did it that way because it kind of gives you um yeah i mean it just gives you a little bit of a better perspective of where these these girls are coming from and sort of just why they they kind of do what they do and i thought it was um it was it was a nice little refreshing way to do it instead of it being the you know of course we're the three coolest people in the world and we're all best friends you know like it just it was kind of nice to be like we're doing our own thing and now we're coming together because you know, we, we, we have to for this mission or whatever. So I liked that aspect of it. Um, I like also that they did it where there were a lot of Bosleys. <laughs> I thought that was actually a pretty unique way to, to do that story where it's like Bosley is just basically the name uh, for a lieutenant in, in what this organization does. So I thought that was kind of cool because you see like there's so many Bosleys in this world and all of them came together and you got to see all over the world, the different Bosleys. So it was a really cool and different concept to make Bosley basically a title rather than just a person and a person's name. So I enjoyed that. And um, I also, yeah, I mean, I like that they did the whole um, like retired the the retired Bosley and kind of like a party for that. And just that whole thing was, was pretty cool. Um, I did like the leads in this movie. I did. I'm, I'm kind of hit or miss on Kristen Stewart most of the time, just depending on what film it is. But I really think she did a good job in this movie. I was hesitant on that because I typically don't think of her as like a funny person, like a humorous person. And her character was sort of the more comic relief character in it. And she did, for the most part, pull it off pretty well. Um, There were some moments where it was a little iffy, but for the most part, she did really well with it. Uh, So I did like her in this movie. Um, Ella Belinska, I think she did a great job. As far as I know, she doesn't really have acting experience prior to this. Um, She's beautiful. She was confident. She was like really the most independent of all of the characters, I feel like. And I, I loved her story. I love how she played the part. Um, her just very strong-willed self, but also because she cares about people, she she wants to help them, and she's going to break rules to do it. I just thought her character worked really well, and she did a really great job. Um, Naomi Scott was also really great. She she was just fun. You know, she was just fun to watch because you, you get to watch her stumbling around trying to figure out what she's doing and what this whole team is about and what they're what they're up to and i i think she was great she did a really good job as the newbie that doesn't know anything and is trying to learn it as she goes um i really liked her character and then elizabeth banks as bosley was great you know i like the whole misdirect that they did about it where they made it seem like she was going to be the bad guy and i actually thought she was like when the way that they set it up there it felt like she was going to be the the villain sort of and 
I was going to be kind of bummed out by that because I was like, I like her character and how much she helps these girls out. So I'm glad she ended up not being the the bad guy, but it was the kind of a cool little misdirect that they did to add a little bit more to the story. So that was cool. Um, I liked, yeah, I mean, I think the action sequences were pretty well done for the most part. I think the, uh, the story was fairly well paced. Um, it's just fun. Like, I think for me, the thing about this movie most is that it's just a fun movie. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the guy that plays the silent guy, Hodak, I believe was his name. Um, that was the character's name. The actor's name is Jonathan Tucker. He did a great job too. Um, they always kind of, it for me, it felt like a callback to the older ones where they have the guy who was the silent, but really dangerous villain and he was the same way, and he pulled it off really well. So I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I just think that the dynamics between all the characters is really good. I always enjoy the whole um, outfit changes and all of that that they do. They're always fun to see, like, oh, what are they gonna? What costumes are they gonna have? How are they gonna disguise themselves? That's always a really fun part of these types of movies. So I liked that a lot. Um, they did a lot of them in this movie, <laughs> and. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit, I'll get into that a little bit in the dislikes as well. But um, yeah, I always think it's fun to see like what kind of costume are you going to do? What disguise are you going to be in? So um, yeah, that was, it's fun. Honestly, it's a fun movie. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's a basically a, just a good down downright just fun action film. Um, I would say, yeah, I mean, for the most part, it was just enjoyable. So that's what I got. Justin, how about you? What did you like about Charlie's Angel? Well, a, a definite thing I wanted to talk about was just the chemistry with your three main leads. I really thought that Kristen Stewart, Naomi Scott, and Ella Balinska uh, all were good together. I enjoyed, for the most part, their scenes together. I thought that um, a lot of the jokes landed whenever there needed to be a joke. Uh, I really like Stuart in this. I think that of all three, she probably was the the standout here. I do think that in a lot of scenes, she was kind of the the proverbial glue that was holding it together. You could definitely tell. And, and some of that is probably by design. She's the most experienced of these three actresses. So, and out of all of them, she had the biggest star presence. So it would make sense that she would shine in her scenes more than some of them. But Naomi Scott was also was respectable too. And so was uh, Belinska. The Both of them were respectable. I like Naomi Scott as well. I liked her as sort of this, um, this scientist and this engineer who's created this thing and She's um, at the same time, she wants to help. She's she's got a sense of strength about her and things like that, but just isn't quite confident in, in that when it comes to certain things and certain interactions. And you can tell that this journey kind of a, a step gives her more confidence. You can see her confidence growing as the movie develops. And then by the end, when she's doing the full-fledged training to be an angel, and that was great. There were a lot of great cameos there, like Ronda Rousey and uh, stuff like that, which I enjoyed, the, the, the ending credits of the film. So you could see her confidence growing throughout, throughout her interactions with the rest of the cast. So I thought that that was... 
that that was very good. And I think that for Elizabeth Banks, being that she directed this film, that you could tell that that's where her strengths were for this film. Um, from to my knowledge, I don't. I believe that this is her first action movie that she has directed. But you could definitely tell where her strength lied were in the right was in the dialogue and just the interactions with the characters. I honestly think that's where the film shines. Um, other than that, uh, there were other people who were good here. Uh, Patrick Stewart as uh as the our bosley our kind of turncoat bosley that we find out towards the end of the film i thought that he did he was another actor that did a respectable job i enjoyed his scenes i thought he had good interactions with them he had a very um a very confident i guess charisma uh, pizzazz about him that i thought definitely fit the style of this movie he was the right kind of villain for this type of movie. He was energetic and very charismatic. And those are the two words that I think best describe this movie. This movie does have a lot of energy, a lot of youthful energy. It's very uh, charismatic as well when you look at the leads and it's very glamorous. I like how, uh, as especially in contrast with the other Charlie's Angels reboots that we got some years ago, um, that's one thing that you could definitely tell that was more the, the ones back then were more over the top and kind of like, you know, Charlie Theron and Lucy Liu and all of them, you know, that was more like, uh, you know, it was very, very over the top and it was kind of more like the sexy diva sort of thing. But this one the 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 leads of course they are they all are great to look at and things like that but you could tell that that wasn't the aim of banks wasn't to kind of showcase that like oh let's have them in bikinis and then let's have them jumping in slow motion and doing the splits and doing all of this stuff you know obviously that was not this movie this movie had a completely different mindset and I liked how it showcased their beauty, but it did it in a more intelligent, more respectable way. And I could tell that that's what Elizabeth Banks was going for. When she's done interviews, she talked about how what she wanted was a more feminist, more female empowerment spin on this tale. And you could definitely see that. You could definitely see that in how she handled the dialogue and how uh, she handled the, the interactions with the lead. So I can say that all of that was consistent. And that was, the to me, the most enjoyable thing about the film was just watching these leads interact with each other and how they would react to certain situations was definitely um, a joy to watch for me. Um, I definitely agree with you guys a lot on a, a lot of what you said. Uh, Kristen Stewart was fantastic in this movie. I... I pretty much just loved everything she brought to this role. It was just, she was always fun every time she was on the screen. And as always, I'm a fanboy for Naomi Scott. So everything she did was just utter perfection to me. I know that's very exaggerated, but I really did love her in this movie. I thought the role they gave her really fit. She fit that role very well. I loved how she felt like a believable uh, uh, programmer and... You know, somebody that, you know, she said she took Krav Maga and stuff like that. So then in some of her fight scenes and stuff like that, it, you know, she acted like somebody that has fought in a class. And when it didn't work, it 
obviously went bad for her and stuff like that. And I, I, I really kind of like that because she did kind of feel she did a very good job of capturing that fish out of water element that her character had. Um, just to give you guys a heads up with uh, Ella Belinska, she is a, a British actress and she's been in a, a lot of, uh, well, not a lot, but she's she's done a lot of stuff in Britain. She's been in a lot of shorts and uh, a couple of British TV series and things like that. That's mainly why we haven't heard of her yet is it's she's pretty much only done British stuff um, up until this point. Um, but to, to also mimic what you guys said, I did love the dynamics between the the three angels, especially. I did think those were very good. Uh, I did like the action scenes. I liked that these were action scenes that, yes, they did do some cut editing, which that's fine. I do understand we've had better ones, you know, when you don't get jump editing and stuff like that, but it's still very much a staple of action movies and stuff like that. And I did like them. I did like that they felt like these were action scenes that these women, uh, like the characters they were portraying could actually perform these things, you know, because when you're watching like the, or the, the Charlie's angels reboots from the nineties and stuff like that, or early two thousands, whenever the fuck those were out, they were doing things that was physically not possible. You know, like they're jumping up in the air and staying in the air for like 19 minutes and stuff like that. Like they were very exaggerated movements and stuff like that. And this felt like stuff that people can do. You know, yes, you would have to be a trained fighter and all this other stuff, but they still felt like these were realistic things that human beings can do. And I, 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 I did appreciate that. I also appreciated that I think more so than any iteration of Charlie's Angels before, because I'm not really a fan of anything Charlie's Angels. Uh, they kind of felt like actual individual people. They all felt like they brought different things to the table, whether it was in the dialogue department or the skills department or anything like that. They they felt like they were three individuals. And I don't feel like Charlie's Angels has really been that before. I've always felt like that Charlie's Angels was just, hey, look, it's three women with different hair colors. And that's like been their thing. And, you know, because they were always doing the same things. You know, they were always doing like, the same type of costumes and the same type of, oh, I'm good. I can infiltrate this and the, anybody could have done it. And they were all doing the same type of fights and the same this and the same that. I just never felt like they were really individuals and or honestly capable fucking spies. Like anytime they got in a disguise in the McG Charlie's Angels, it was always a fucking joke. Like it wasn't them legitimately trying to infiltrate anything. It was just three women putting on joke costumes like, oh, hey, I'm in a sumo costume or I'm Oh, look, I'm in a business suit. And like, it was always shit like that. Like it was never done anything that like was like believable that they could infiltrate shit. You know, it was always ridiculous. And I appreciate that this one was grounded with those things. And so, and, and, and Patrick Stewart as, as the villain, I thought was fantastic. I didn't realize that I needed him to be that villainous role until he was. And then I was like, oh, I need more Patrick Stewart being a, an asshole. Cause that was fantastic. I wanted, I want, I want there to be an app where I can just pull it up and hit a button. And it's just Patrick Stewart <laughs> saying something mean to me. I think that my days would be brighter because of that. Like I would feel happier in my life if just Patrick Stewart put me down all the time. Cause I just loved it when he said those things. I mean, one of the funny scenes in this movie was like whenever he opens up a, a, a cabinet and this guy falls out and he's just like, yeah, he's been in there this entire time. And it, I don't know what it was. Just the way he delivered that line was just, I genuinely thought it was very funny. Um, and, I, and and also just like anybody that wants to rag on Kristen Stewart for her shit in Twilight, please watch this movie. Because that's not, 
at all representative of what the fuck she can do as an actress just at all she's to me that just screams that the directors and the writers had no idea what they were doing with those movies because and her and robert pattinson are both infinitely more capable i don't know about taylor lautner <laughs> he might not be more capable than what he did as jacob but those two especially they are fantastic actors and just seeing this other side of what she could do i thought was just also fantastic in this and i'm just saying just give her a chance i know people love trashing on her just give her a fucking chance she's fucking great and i think this movie really shows a completely like contrasting side to bella because in this movie she really is the anti-bella in this movie yeah and it's how i just i really loved her in this movie and i mean she had and she also had some of the funniest lines in it too um you know there was she she's talked about something what at one point um you know she said you know mo money mo problems at one point and then somebody pointed out that she was rich growing up and she was like yeah yeah i remember that i, th I think the line was more horses yeah. more problems or something like that is what she followed that up with and i th and i thought that was a great line and i really thought that her character especially really kind of embodied that and i just i cannot understate enough how great she was um and with this too one thing i did like about this movie and i do appreciate about this movie is i did appreciate how unapologetically like this movie was hey fuck you uh women empowerment like not fuck you women empowerment fuck you comma <laughs> women empowerment like this movie was very much like uh thanks for the clarification <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? It it did so, it does sound wrong when you say it. Just say it, and not you know, like have it written out. But this movie was like girl power, you know. And fuck you if you don't like it. I did appreciate that mentality in this movie. It was very unapologetic with it. That they were like, no, that's what we're doing with this movie. We don't give a shit. Like there's there's more surrounding that as we will talk about later, uh, way way later. Um, but I just that the attitude with it. I liked the attitude and the swagger this movie had with that. Uh, especially like what Jasmine was talking about later with the cameos and stuff like that. Um, when you do have Danica Patrick and you do have Haley Steinfeld and Lily Reinhardt and uh, Ronda Rousey and uh, um, Laverne Cox doing these cameos as angel instructors and things like that. I did appreciate that. And as much as I said I wasn't a fan of the other Charlie's Angels movies and stuff like that, I did kind of like how they retconned them into this world by having Patrick Stewart be the Bosley for all the other incarnations of the Charlie's Angels. It did look a little ridiculous at times with their Photoshop, but I think that also kind of made it a little funnier with it. Yeah. That, you know, they were editing out Bill Murray and, uh, who was it, uh, Bernie Mac, and just replacing them with Patrick Stewart. Yeah. I just, I, I did think that was a, a, a nice little touch to just kind of tie it all together. And I did like the explanation behind it all that, you know, that those movies and the TV shows before it kind of set the groundwork for it becoming a larger organization that then becomes global. And, you know, you, and, and like you said, Heather, that there's Bosleys now all over the world and, you know, they're all, you know, now tackling things uh, all over the place. And as a, as another little note before we move on that I did, I, I also did like the little, not twist, but the little tweak of having the character of the saint that character that's yes he was great like kind of a medical professional like they're just kind of their alfred right you know he could cook for him he had medical training he had psychiatric training he uh you know just all those little elements that something like this would kind of need like you would need that type of stuff um 
you know, and he was kind of just their go-to guy that, you know, he would go around to different places wherever they were going to be. And just, you know, it would make sense that an organization would have stuff like that out in the field as a support structure. I did. I did appreciate that. Um, anything else before we move on, guys? Uh, no, I'm glad you mentioned him. Uh, th- those were some other great scenes when he was with them and um, trying to help them, or he would make a suggestion, or he would surprise Naomi Scott because he would just have the perfect answer to some pain or some question she had. So, yeah, he was another uh, great part of the movie. I mean, I think that he was another thing, uh, another actor that made that 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 made those interactions just super enjoyable. So yeah, he did a great job. I I second that. I mean, I guess I also should sum up what I was saying. Um, I I am going to parrot Heather. I think the reason why I did enjoy this movie is I think more often than not, I did find myself just having fun with this movie and to, to combo that with parroting Justin. And I think part of it is the energy that this movie does bring. It's a very energetic movie. And so those elements, I think overall is what kind of ties all those the likes and things like that I said together is the fact that, you know, the sum of all those elements to me was, was a fun, energetic movie. So I do want to mention that before we go on, because I was like, oh, I probably should say that because that was what I was thinking. I just never actually put it into words. Yeah. And I also do want to um, sort of like what Jason was talking about, where how Elizabeth Banks sort of wanted to rewrite how they were showing these women's beauty and their, you know, like their sexiness and all these things. They did do it in a smart way here because a lot of like, at least from the the ones they did in the 2000s, a lot of it was just like, let's just get a lot of leather and tightness and just all of that and that's just going to be what we do but with this they're following it up with like oh you have brains behind what you're doing you're doing certain things for a reason and you're not just like a pretty face or a hot body like so i do actually appreciate that they did that in this movie where it was like no it's not just that you know what i mean and all of them were very beautiful but in their own way like they didn't all have to look the same in the sense of like how sterling was saying where a lot of times it's like, oh, there's just three women with different colored hair. <laughs> and that's what it is. And even in the, the 2000s movies, like it, if it just felt like you're all very um, similar in height and in body shape and all of that. And you're beautiful, but you're all kind of the same. But in this one, they all looked drastically different, but they're also beautiful. And I loved that because it's showing variety of like, you know, you can you can have like this almost tomboyish thing about you and be extremely beautiful like Kristen Stewart. You could be super tall and thin like a model. You could be just like quirky and almost, you know, just very more reserved even with how you dress and still be like really beautiful. And I don't know, I appreciated that they did that with this. And that's kind of what made them all a little bit more individual characters too because their personalities matched how how they looked and stuff and that sense of like they dressed in sort of the way that their personality was and it just was really refreshing to see it done that way so i did like that oh uh, one last thing i know i'm i'm the worst at this uh another really fantastic fucking line that i absolutely loved in this movie and it, it of course it's another fucking Kristen stewart line was at one point she she just says like her character is kind of like the master in this movie of just saying one-off lines that makes other people like kind of double take at her like at one point she mentions that there was right. a shooting almost throw away yeah yeah like her to her character it's a throwaway line and to everybody else they're like what the fuck like that's a big bombshell type of thing (laughs) 
where there's because there's this one line in this movie where she says, "Yeah, there was a shooting at my wedding," and then everybody just kind of turns to her and they're like, "You're married?" And she was like, "Oh no, I was the better shot." <laughs> yeah, just no explanation as to like what what that meant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it just to me it was a fantastic line that like that was really what embodied that character, like that type of line and the lifestyle and everything like that. Like it just really embodied that character, and I I really really loved that. All right. So now let's move on to the dislikes. Unfortunately, this movie does have that. I'm sorry, Heather, but how the fuck did you not see that she was not the the bad guy and Patrick Stewart was like nine miles ahead? I've, <laughs> I'm sorry. I When I saw this movie, the very opening scene when it's showing Patrick Stewart as Bosley and they're go- doing his retirement party, I'm like, oh, he's the bad guy. Really? I didn't see it. And all that shit with, yeah, it all of that shit with with Elizabeth Banks, I was like, oh yeah, she's trying to stop him. Like that's all that movie screamed to me is at all points she was never going to be the one that turned on them. And like I said, it telegraphed to, that to me. Like I said, a mile away. Also, this movie is probably the most uneven movie I have ever enjoyed in my life. From the pacing to the story uh, to just the tone of things, this movie is very, very uneven. I mean, I I do agree with Justin that these three, the three main characters had, they had great chemistry together. They really did. And I liked seeing their relationship and I liked seeing it grow. But oh man, did I feel like they really cheapened out on moments to make them earn it. Like they were still kind of at odds and feeling each other out. And then all of a sudden they're on a boat just kind of sitting together like, leaning on each other i know one of them was unconscious and that makes sense but like they're just kind of like leaning on each other and being emotionally supportive and all this stuff and it, at no point did i felt like their relationship got to that point that quickly i didn't feel like they earned that moment i thought it was a great moment but i didn't feel like they earned it and they did all these scenes where they're like they're setting up the background of, of the characters through dialogue and the only one that i didn't feel like it was cheap was kristen stewart's I like that the way they used her random dialogue to really kind of flesh out the backstory of that character, that she was a rich person, that, you know, she kind of just rebelled too much and got into a lot of trouble and and, and Charlie saved her. But then you have um, Ella's character and it's mentioning a lot of betrayal at MI6 and she wasn't comfortable there. And then you kind of got to see the person that she was in contact with that was affected by by the betrayal and all this other stuff. But I felt like you only got half the story. But as far as the movie was concerned, that was the whole story. And it, it unfortunately, it wasn't. I think the movie felt like it gave it to you, and it didn't. Patrick Stewart's motivations for turning into a villain felt cheap. It felt like the motivations of a villain turning in a half-hour TV show in the 1970s. Sure, that's fine in a half-hour TV show. That doesn't work in an hour-and-a-half-long movie, though. It was way too rushed and forced and just he's more or less, I I guess the best way to describe it was bored, maybe, kinda, something. It just, I'm like, oh, okay. I was really, really hoping he'd get, he would do like a classic Patrick Stewart fucking monologue of like what's wrong with the world and the system and all this other shit. And you're like, fuck yeah. And you kind of want to be a bad guy with him. And then you're just like, oh, okay, never mind. You're a cool villain, but I don't want to follow you. And then the CEO of the company, like, dude, you're a CEO of like apparently a multi-billion dollar tech company, but fuck, he was stupid. I don't feel like he did anything that 
warranted him being the character he was. He was just there to get duped, you know, by Patrick Stewart, you know, which, and that was uneven too. It's This movie felt like it was a bunch of red herrings. Like he was a good guy that just wanted to revolutionize the power industry at the beginning of the movie. And then kind of he turned into, oh, well, something went wrong. Maybe he's an evil person, which was another red herring to him actually being the bad guy. And then he kind of was the bad guy, but not because he just wanted to release it and make a lot of money. And Patrick Stewart wanted to make it a weapon. So his motivations up and down just felt uneven because they felt like they were giving you different motivations to kind of deceive you. And if you're not really going to deceive somebody, don't don't half-ass it, which I do feel like this movie did half-ass a lot of their deceptions, which, sorry again, Heather, but yes, it was a half-assed deception with Elizabeth Banks. Um, and then on top of that, this is 2019, people. Is there anyone that watches movies that doesn't know what a fucking EMP is at this point? Every time we mention EMPs in movies, you don't have to break down what the fuck it is. You don't have to say, an EMP, oh, an electric magnetic pulse, and then have a character go, oh, what's that? And then somebody go, oh, it's an electronic, you know, surge that, or electric surge that fucking fries electronics. And this is just a version that can also fuck with the neural pathways of a human. I'm just, you can just say it's an EMP at this point. That's fine. We all know at this point. We've all known since we watched Small Soldiers as a child. We, 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 we don't need this explanation of an EMP every fucking time. And also, this is 2019. Can we also stop having vaguely technological things that have the purpose of good and bad and it just be so fucking vague that you don't even realize how it could actually work as good or bad? Like, what the fuck was Callisto? If, if that is that even the name? I don't even remember the fucking name of the prod, the the, the main weapon thing. Wasn't it Callisto? Something like that? Yes. Calico? Yes. Cyclone? Yeah. Steph Curry? I don't know what the fuck it was called. Justin's saying it was Callisto, so let's just go with that. Yes, you were correct. Callisto, you were correct. What, what the fuck was it? Yeah, what, what the fuck was Callisto? It just seemed like a very adaptive Alexa, and that was it? I don't see how that was going to revolutionize power. Were they saying that you could plug it on something and it would just power it? Like if you just had one, you could plug it on and it would power it and make it voice commandable? Is that what they were saying it did? Because I don't know what the fuck it does. I know that you could turn it into a weapon that would EMP a person. And that's the only function I saw. That Oh, and it could turn on lights for a building. I'm sorry, I forgot that. Those were the only two functions that thing could do. It could turn on lights and it could kill people. I don't see how that's revolutionizing power. Yeah, they didn't explain it well. Yeah, there was 15 minutes of dialogue missing from this movie that probably explains all these shit, these things that I have problems with. Unfortunately, it's not in the movie. So all this is is a vaguely technological thing that once again feels like something from the 1970s because it kind of looked like a futuristic version of a what a Simon Says game and somehow it revolutionizes the world. Okay, tell me what the fuck it does then. Do like every other movie does where when they're doing the presentation on it, they show like a mock commercial for it, you know, like the YouTube advertisement for it. Show that in your presentation. Problem solved. You don't have to even have them doing dialogue on it. Just saying Callisto, revolutionizing the world. And just do that shit. We've we've seen that in a billion movies. Why the fuck couldn't we see that in this movie? I mean, fuck, they've done it in the Iron Man movies when he does shit. Like, why the fuck can't we do that in this? Like, it's 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 this movie for as modern as it wants to be is seriously stuck on tropes and storytelling 
from an age of movies and TV that, let's face it, needs to be fucking forgotten. Like, if you're going to try to revolutionize action movies and you're going to try to change it and you're going to modernize it and make it more inclusive and all this other stuff, then actually do it. Don't fucking half-ass it and do part of it and then just, like I said, make everything else feel like it was written in the 19 fucking 70s. And it's sad because I did enjoy this movie. And part of me is now, like, not now, but part of me just feels like, fuck, I would have enjoyed this movie so much more if it was just fucking there because it it had the potential it was right there but i do feel like if it, part of this was elizabeth banks inexperience with a fucking action movie like doing anything outside of more or less what would be comedy and i do think she's a fantastic actress and i do think she has the tools it's just this movie fuck i hate saying this just does not live up to the potential that this movie also brought out in itself and that's incredibly frustrating because like I said, I had fun and I was excited for this movie. I apparently was one, and just talking to people I know and all this other stuff. I was one of the few people excited about this movie. Most people was just like, oh, Charlie's Angels. Why? And then they were like, Kristen Stewart, double why? Two other chicks. I don't even know them enough to say why. And that was most people I know's interpretations. Like men, women, adults, people my age. That was all their like impressions of what this movie was going to be. And unfortunately, I don't feel like this movie did enough, I guess, to probably change the minds of most people if if they felt this way and they hadn't watched it yet. Um, Justin, your turn. Okay, so, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm definitely, uh, this movie is definitely a mixed bag for me uh, just because of a lot of the things that you mentioned. I think that if the strength of the film was its attitude and its energy, and the fact that it had this, you know, you could just tell that Elizabeth Banks was on a mission to present these women as these powerful pillars of strength. She wanted to present them as smart, capable people. She wanted to present them in a way, present the Charlie's Angels in a way that they hadn't been presented before. And she wanted to give them that empowerment. And I believe that that was her main goal going into this. Unfortunately for the film, this is an action movie. And it seemed like <laughs> her only goal was just to show was to showcase uh three empowered women in this story, but beyond that, I don't really know how much thought was put into everything else because the action scenes to me were just so bland. I mean, I just found myself sitting there and I mean, and it was just like, I mean, it, it, everything that I saw you had seen before, but you, it's just been done better. The car chase scene just was forgettable to me. I mean, I barely even remember anything that happened in it. There was nothing visually spectacular about it. There wasn't any cool overhead shots or cinematography. There wasn't anything, you know, it was just a pretty much straightforward car chase. Um, and then a lot of the fight scenes kind of are that way too. Uh, yes, there was a lot of cutting and editing and editing and stuff like that, which doesn't help, but there was also nothing interesting about them. There was no cool like sequences that I can even remember, like off the top of my head. There wasn't any cool like hand to hand combat stuff that was happening. I don't really remember like like I just there was nothing about the action that really was memorable. And in a year where you've had things like 
you know, where you've had things like these Marvel movies, where you've had things like John Wick. I just, I guess those movies have just ruined me. Those action sequences and how inventive they are and just how uh, full of imagination and thought and panning shots and tracking shots. I mean, I guess I have just been spoiled by John Wick and movies like that because now when I just see something that's really mediocre, like this, like, like in my opinion, the fight scenes here were mediocre. Gemini Man is another one that stands out to me with just mediocre fight sequences and stuff like that. Now, I just can't forgive a film when I see it because I know that there is better. I know that if more thought and more time and more focus was put into it, they could have been better. They could have been more memorable, especially in a film where your plot and your overall story is really not going to be very ambitious or new or anything like that. And, and that's what I always say about a movie like this. Clichés aren't necessarily a bad thing. Clichés can be a good thing. If used right, cliches can sometimes lead an audience into one place and then all of a sudden you give them something else. You surprise them a little bit or you take a cliche, but you spice it up a little bit. But it, it but and that's the thing. If you're going to give me cliches, then something else needs to stand out about your movie. There needs to be something else about it that will keep me interested. So and the thing is, is that I just feel like maybe Elizabeth Banks thought the chemistry of my, my leads and everything that they're doing and the attitude that they have and the energy that they bring is just going to sustain the movie. And to me, it made it watchable. It, it, it made me stay with the movie to the end. But at the end of the day, you you advertise this as a, as an action movie, so I just wish more thought and more thought and more energy was put into that. And some of that could be, as Sterling said, it's just a lack of experience with action movies. And sometimes when you have a lack of experience, you tend to look at it and go, well, cool, we had action. We went from point A to point B. They were fighting in a warehouse and these guys got knocked the hell out. And these and then, the, you know, my women stood victorious and uh, that's all we really need. Right. Or, you know, there were a couple of fights that were funny, like with uh, Naomi Scott and everything like that. And like Sterling said earlier, she was kind of fighting like somebody from a class. And then she got in trouble and had to get bailed out and different and had to use her head and th different things like that. So, yes, you had some of those elements in there. But again, None of that just stood out to me as memorable. There just wasn't anything. It was all just kind of like forgettable action. And then the plot was forgettable too. And, and the funny thing is, is that ironically, she tried to kind of have this beat in there where they, they, they try to make you think that maybe Elizabeth Banks is the turncoat, that maybe uh, that Bosley is the turncoat. But just given that... This is a movie about female empowerment, and she said that this was going to be a super pro-women type of narrative. So I didn't believe for a second that there was going to be a female that was going to be a bad guy. And so you could argue that you tried to give me that beat, but because of the attitude and the presentation and what you said this movie was in the first place, there was no way that I could believe that you were going to present 
a woman who was bad. So I think that that was that made the plot kind of predictable. And other than that, there were other elements that made it predictable. Like you just seen that a hundred times. This person who uh, who was a good guy or seems like a good guy, but then winds up being a bad guy in the end. And if you did something interesting or cool with that, then that's okay. You can have that cliche. But if the motivations are there, if he's doing something, if the if the turncoat is doing something interesting or he's got an interesting motive or at least I can understand why this person is doing that. But unfortunately, this narrative didn't really have that either. And like you said, I was asking the same questions about this Callisto thing. I didn't really understand it. I didn't understand how it was going to be this awesome energy source. There weren't enough examples given of what it could do or what it was capable of and everything like that. I mean, you just had a bunch of different characters saying it was valuable or saying that it was dangerous or saying if it falls into the wrong hands, it could be bad. But we just didn't really get very many ex examples of that. I mean, I guess you could say there was the one example where um, the... Where, where they were at the, um, her science lab, her high-tech science lab, and then you have that guy kind of have the, what was it, the aneurysm, seizure, cardiac arrest, like it caused that guy to have to die or whatever, that guy died or whatever. Um, but before that could even be devastating or whatever, you know, you had two angels going, well, uh, oh yeah, he's alive, I'm sure he's alive. And then they look at each other like, man, he's dead as fuck. And so... It was kind of more or less kind of played for laughs. I mean, I kind of smiled or, you know, I kind of smiled because I was like, damn. And I guess it was supposed to show that uh, Naomi Scott's character was naive. I, and I get that. Like, I think all those beats came across. But at the end of the day, if that was supposed to be an example of the devastation of this device, that really didn't come off because of the uneven tone. So I can totally see where, and that's just one example of the uneven tone that this thing kind of had. And that's just the problem, man. This film had the right attitude. It had the right, um, this is like a team. <laughs> this is like a football team that has all the talent in the world. It has the right pieces. It has the right talent, but it doesn't have the right coach. And, and I just feel that that's, kind of what what this was so when you go into certain situations when you go when you go and face certain other teams when it's time to make certain decisions when it's time for the coaching to shine through when when you really need that coaching to come through it just quite doesn't and the team just makes mistakes and they wind up losing that game because that's that x factor element that just came into play and i feel like that's what this was I, I do feel that it had the right talent. I do feel that uh, Banks is a good director and she had the right attitude going into this. Um, and I do feel like a lot of those elements came across. But when it came to the action element of it, I wish maybe she had had some help in that department. Maybe she needed to hire um, some coordinators and people like that who really have some good experience with this stuff and really just would bring some a new sense of ideas to this and everything like that. I know that this film 
went through several different rewrites before they finally kind of landed on a story that they thought worked and everything. But I just wish that that story had been a little bit more ambitious other than just kind of presenting women as strong and empowered. That's great. But if that's the only element you have coming into the film and the rest of it is bland action and cliches, well, then you have a bit of a mixed bag. And I think that, that that's the problem. Like, And, and we're, we're going to talk about kind of the fact that this movie bombed and not to say too much about it, but I think that's those are contributing factors like half of it is what it needs to be and the other half just so wasn't and i really think that ultimately that's what you have is just a little bit of a mixed bag i really can't believe that you essentially compared this movie to the cleveland browns this year (laughs) i did didn't i that's because that's the team you're talking about that's the cleveland browns they have all the talent in the world except you've got an inexperienced coach You've got offensive line issues. And then unfortunately they're undisciplined. So it's a ton of penalties. So for all the good in the world, they just shoot themselves in the foot all the fucking time. Yeah. And you can, you know, you could have a big bomb to fucking, you know, Odell Beckham, you know, down the, you know, down the field. And, but then there's probably offensive holding. So it's getting called back. Like that's just everything you said when you were comparing it to a football team just describes the Cleveland Browns to a fucking T. Yeah, that is totally who they are this year. And I don't know. I just that's kind of the way this movie made me feel. It felt like Banks definitely had the right attitude, just like, you know, a coach is going to be positive and rah, rah and confident. And yeah, we can do it. And I've got all the right pieces and everything like that. But then pivotal decisions have to be made. When, when you get in between the lines, when you get ab- uh, beneath the surface of just uh, the, the stuff that looks good, I mean, that, that that appears good and means well and different things like that, then you got to look at execution. And where coaching really comes in is, like you said, execution. And sometimes, man, you could just see that, you know, you just wondered if the right person had the right mindset to execute in those areas in between the lines. Yeah. Heather. What did you not like about this movie? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things I totally agree with you guys about on the things I didn't like. Um, I definitely agree, Jason, you were talking about how it's just there there weren't really memorable action scenes or anything like that that they did, which is true, which is it's interesting because they were fun. They were definitely fun to watch. There was nothing wrong with with them in the sense of what this movie was, but they didn't. You're right. They didn't really stand out that much i mean honestly i for me the most memorable action scene was when they were in the warehouse fighting and then the whole the rock thing coming down on them while they're trying to get out of it and that was the most memorable one for me um they they were all good like all the action was great but it just wasn't yeah it, it didn't stand out above any other like where you would say oh you remember that part when this thing happened you know like how people do that with certain action movies there's not really that with this um which i guess i mean that is kind of to their detriment because it's an action movie and all of that but i mean i do feel like a lot of this movie even though it is action and it's supposed to be like this kick-ass you know female empowerment movie it's not only about the action it is about the 
um, the characters. It's about their why they're doing what they're doing, and it's about them using their brains and their intelligence, and it's about them working together as a team. And it's it's a lot more than just the action sequences. So I can kind of forgive it a little bit for that, but it's not to say that that's not something that I didn't like. I wish that there would have been scenes that you would be like, this is like top notch. It's up there with all these other action movies where you just remember certain scenes about it. And it just didn't have that. So that was definitely something um, that was a dislike for me for sure. And also, you know, Patrick Stewart's character, like his motivations just, they weren't enough to warrant him wanting to kill the world or whatever he was wanting to do with that Callisto thing. It just didn't, it was just kind of like, we need a villain for the sake of it. So we do want to put him in here just because we need, we need a motivation for why this movie is being made, but they don't explain why that's the motivation in a, in a good enough way. I don't feel like. So that was also another part. Um, But I mean, you are, you are right. Patrick Stewart was a great villain in this, but yeah, I mean, you just kind of feel like, how it's just a lackluster reasoning and motivation for being the villain, I suppose. Um, I actually feel like, so there was the, um, and I'm probably not going to say his name right, but that nerdy kid that worked with um, Naomi Scott's character, um, Nick something, I want to say is his name. Um, Anyways, but he actually, I thought his character itself was a good character and I think that they probably could have used him more. Um, what it's oh, it's Noah. Noah um, Centineo is his name. But anyway, I just feel like because he he had a good chem- he had great chemistry with um, Ella Belinska's character, but also just because he he was also kind of a mastermind behind helping make this Calypso thing, and he obviously would have had a lot of smart ideas on how to help you know, um, trick, trick Patrick Stewart into not doing what he was doing. Like, I just feel like they could have used that character to do a lot more to help the angels. Um, and that was a little bit disappointing just because like, you feel like he's going to be in this movie a lot more than he is because of how much I feel like they show him in the trailers for it, but he's not really in it that much. And they just, they really could have used him to do a lot more than they did. So, um, and then I just also think that in general, they it's it does, I think, unfortunately fall under that category of it shows a lot of the important scenes or the memorable scenes in the trailers. So and it sounds maybe it's a an odd thing to say, but I do feel like a huge part of what this movie is or what the Charlie's Angels movies, at least, you know, in this century are about or in this like you know phase of life is about are it's about the um disguises that they do and it's about the fashion and it's about all of that and i feel like um i i enjoy that part of it i think that's a fun part you know being a girl i love dressing up i love seeing the fun fashion that they do in it but they you don't really get to see any of like the um, there, there's nothing surprising. Like you're kind of like, oh, I kind of know all the disguises they're going to use. I kind of know everything that they're going to wear when they're kicking ass or they're doing whatever because they show all of it in the trailer. So I just feel like they let, didn't leave a lot to the imagination or a lot to surprise because it was kind of not that they told a lot of the story and a lot of the jokes in it because they did have a lot of that throughout. But just in general, like the memorable moments or the scenes that it's kind of like I would sit there and I would say, I know this scene is coming up because they, you know, like you could just tell what was about to come up because they did show a lot of that 
in the trailers. Um, like, for example, the part with um, the very beginning scene with Kristen Stewart, where she's uh, trying to, you know, um, seduce that that one guy, and she's sitting there talking to him, and she's got that blonde wig on. Hundred percent, you know that that's going to be the opening of that movie altogether. You know, so it's just kind of like you you saw what was going to be coming, and you saw kind of the the outcome that was going to happen with it um, in general. So that that would be my other part of it, and maybe I was one of the only people that didn't see the whole twist of oh they were trying to make it seem like Elizabeth Banks was the bad guy. I mean, I I feel like because they did it so so early on to where like they started talking about it so early on in it, I feel like something different was going to happen with it. Like maybe she was going to, you know, be, be someone that was like, I had this bad motivation, but now I'm doing this again. I don't know. I just, I feel like there was something else that was going to happen with it because of how early they introduced it. But, um, but yeah, so I don't know, maybe I was the only one that didn't see it coming fully, but either way, I do feel like as a general rule, it was kind of predictable, the things that were going to be happening in the film. So um, yeah, that's, that's kind of my only dislikes. Honestly, there's just not, there's not a lot to dislike just because it does its job. It's a fun movie. It's good action. You know, there's not a lot to dislike about it. So I don't really have that much for it. I, I kind of see what you're saying with how early they brought it up because they did set it up for almost like a double twist. Like, you know, they're red herring, red herring, however the fuck you would say that. Um, they're, you know, they're giving you that false flag with Elizabeth Banks turning. It would have kind of been, they should have done, like I said, the double twist of she was the one turning, but they make it seem like Patrick Stewart was the one that actually was the, the villain when Patrick Stewart legitimately could have been the one to come save her, but then she could have tricked the other two angels into believing that he was the bad one. So then they could have come up and you could have had a nice little moment of, you know, Naomi Scott's character is like, no, Patrick Stewart's a good guy. And the other two are like, no, Elizabeth Banks is the good guy. Yeah. And then Elizabeth Banks was the bad guy. You could have done a double twist with that, which handled the right way can work out. I mean, yeah. Spy movies, you always just know the first person they try to tell you is the bad guy is never the bad guy. That's just how spy movies work. And so, well, that's how they shouldn't work. Like, a, there are some movies where they just kind of keep it straight ahead the whole time. And I'm like, well, that's not really a spy movie, then, is it? Come on. I mean, I've watched enough Mission Impossible movies. You know there's always a double cross. And th that's what they should have done in this. They should have just done something a little different than the, the standard cookie-cutter double cross. So I guess I can kind of see what you're saying, that when they dropped it into the movie, it could feel like they were trying to do something different. And instead, they just played it straight like, you know, it's just a traditional double cross. Yeah, and I I think that's kind of why I'm glad, though, that it didn't end up being that she was the villain, because especially this movie and all of it being about women empowerment and how strong and independent and, you know, great they can be making her the villain, I think kind of uh, would take away from that message that I feel like she was trying to send in the movie as a whole. Um, but yeah. See, see, I disagree with both of you because Justin said the same thing. And I think this movie is so empowering that it says the women can be villains too. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see it both ways for that, for sure. But I just feel like, yeah, I mean, it's just the way that the feel of the movie was it just it, it could have actually yeah you're right it could have worked both ways but i guess i'm saying like it makes sense that they didn't end up making her that because of what she was doing but then again it, it would also make sense to do it because you know 
it is an empowering woman movie. So um, I did also like at the um, at the end where you hear Charlie talking, you find out Charlie is a woman. I thought that was kind of an interesting element, like because I know we've talked a lot about how some movies force that they force the woman empowerment moment and things like that when they don't really need to or when it doesn't really quite fit into the movie. Um, but that actually worked well with it. I don't think that it was overdone. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, you know, they, they all think Charlie is a man and it's not. And so I thought that was kind of cool how they did that. But there are, you know, you have to be careful with things like that because you don't want to feel like you're you're going to overdo it and then have those moments that they become cheap because you're trying to do too many of them. And I do think this movie balances that well. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's more on a likes side of it. But um, just in general, like it, I could see with the Elizabeth Banks thing, the the misdirect there. Either way, if they would have done it either way, it would have worked. So yeah. I mean, as far as doing red herrings, this movie isn't the worst offender with them. There are a lot of other movies that are way worse with red herrings. This one just kind of to to steal what Justin said, just does it in a cliche way. In just the cliche way that just doesn't feel good. Because I'm very much with Justin. I think cliches can be an asset to a movie if they're done right. This one just feels dirty. Because it's just more of the same type of cliche. Instead of using a cliche to make it feel familiar to get you on board. Yeah. This one didn't do that. Um. So unfortunately, we do have to kind of talk about some movie news with this. Because it is kind of just out there and it's... I, I feel like it'd be a disservice to not talk about this. So Elizabeth Banks gave an interview before the movie came out, the Thursday before the movie came out, saying that if this movie flops, it's more of the stereotype in Hollywood of a female-led action movie not getting the critical and box office returns that a normal male-led action movie would get. She even directly mentions in in a exaggerated form that, you know, they've made... 31 spider-man movies and they always make money like so it can't be that it's a reboot can't be the reasoning why it's not making money because the we've done that a ton with batman and spider-man and all these other superheroes or franchises we've done that with a lot of other franchises so how do you guys feel that that after actually seeing the movie because i know a lot of people are talking about it that have not seen the movie so having seen the movie how do you feel about what she said? We'll go in the same order we did before. So Heather, like, how do you think that that actually applies to this movie? Um, I mean, I think it's, it's hard to, because, you know, she, she's the director of this movie. Right. So, I mean, it's going to be more of like a, um, well, and writer and star. Right. So she's got like three, you know, she's probably a producer on it too. So she's probably fourfold. Yeah. Into four. It. It's four. Yeah. So she's probably, I mean, it's like her baby, you know, like, so she's going to, she has a lot of stake in this movie and it's, she'll, she's going to be more defensive than other people are going to be about it. Um, rightfully so. I mean, like if you put that much into making a film, like you, you want everyone to love it. So I understand that aspect of it. I think that this specific stance on it and what she said, I don't really necessarily feel like it is, um, accurate to what this movie was because I think also because before, I mean, they've done like, this is also a reboot movie and the other Charlie's angels for whatever it's worth at the time were a big deal. They were very well received by certain, you know, groups of people. Um, 
And they've had a lot of successful female lead action movies since then, like the Kill Bill movies, like things like that. And maybe it depends on your definition of what a successful one is and all of that. But it's just it's not the first time that we've had where it's female leads um, in this type of a movie. So I don't really feel like that applies. I think that it's I mean, it's it's unfortunate, but I just think that a lot of people just were like, it's only an okay movie or it's it's fine, but it's not a big deal type of movie. And I just think that it's it's more people that are like, I just didn't like it. Like, you know, like that's just kind of going to be people's opinion of it. I don't think it has anything to do with the world's not ready for this type of thing and whatever, because we've had those movies in the past where that's they have been well received, you know, so I don't I don't think it applies um, I can understand, you know, from the standpoint of everything she put in, like why she would maybe wonder if it's something like that, just because, you know, maybe an out- outside perspective is something that it, maybe she needs the outside perspective to see it in a different way. But I, I mean, I guess I don't blame her for having that just because she put so much into it. But I do think that it does not apply to this specific movie, because if it were like a something that you would say is a masterpiece of a film or something like that or cutting edge or just like something we've never seen before and like and it wasn't well received then I would I would think that was a little bit more of a valid statement but we have seen this before we have seen movies like this before some of them not as good some of them maybe a little bit better depending on what you like and don't like but it's not it's just not the first time that this has been you know, there's been a female action-led movie, and they've, of course, a lot of times they have also flopped, but sometimes they were more successful. So it's just, I think it's a little bit of her being a little bit more just defensive about it because of everything that she put into it. Justin, what about you? <laughs> well, coaching, 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 coaching. And now we have heard from the coach, so to speak, of this film. And I mean, Here's the thing about this, like, so just looking at her comments and just kind of reading how she reacted, I guess I'll just kind of put it in two parts because there's the there's the thing about the comic book movies and Spider-Man and stuff like that. And then there was another comment she made um, about Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel and things like that. So, again, you kind of have this person who is a director or somebody in Hollywood and they're kind of like using the comic book movies as a a point of reference, which, I mean, is fine, but, I mean, at least make a better movie than those movies before you say that, you know, before you try to point them out and say, well, there's 37 Spider-Man movies and everybody goes to see see those, so why not this one? Well, did you watch the 37th one? Did you watch Spider-Man Far From Home? Because if you had, man, you might have gotten some ideas on how to craft a better villain, how to have imaginative fight scenes, and how to do action sequences. You know, like, I'm just so sick of these people attacking comic book movies because they're so... because they're so successful and stuff like that and then when you see the movies that these got people are that are ragging on them are coming out with they're inferior movies just from 
top to bottom. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. The comedy, the 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 comedy, this the action sequences, the villain, the characters just inferior from top to bottom. So that's the thing. Like if this was a better movie, maybe I could support some of Elizabeth Banks' comments. But I can't win the movie when I sat when really this movie is kind of a mixed bag. So if you're going to make comments like this and you're going to target certain movies, your movie needs to be better than those movies. Like I need to walk out and go, yeah, you know, Elizabeth Banks is right, man. More people should have saw this because it's great. It's got this. It's got imaginative action. It's got great characters. It's got a great villain. Man, more people should have saw this. But I walked out kind of shrugging my shoulders. So then when I hear these comments and her talking about well this will reinforce the stereotype that men don't like female-led action movies well if memory serves me correctly i'm not even gonna be the guy that brings up stuff like terminator 2 or aliens or anything like that i'll go even more recently than that atomic blind which came out what that was just a few years ago had a $30 million budget, made $100 million. That movie is a female-led action film. But, 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 but and, and it was about a female that was like, she was like a spy, right? She was part of this secret society and everything like that. So kind of like a Charlie's Angels, right? But that film was ambitious, man. It was colorful. It had inventive realistic very grim fight scenes and they did all of this with Charlize Theron who is half the age of these three leads that we had in this movie so for me double okay yeah half oh I'm sorry yeah double I'm sorry double the age she did this you know versus I'm sorry I guess I was trying to say versus women that are half her age in this movie so to me, there is no excuse. Like, for you to say that it, th this reinforces the stereotype that men don't watch them, yes, that is a stereotype. And yes, that is something that is going around Hollywood. But it's really just hard to accept that when we've seen so many female-led movies be successful at the box office. And like I said, I didn't even have to go comic book to talk about Atomic Blonde and the success of that. Salt is another one that just comes to mind with Angelina Jolie. It, it That was a successful movie. And that's another thing too, another reason too, why I think maybe this movie failed. Uh, you know, those movies had real star power. You know, Charlize Theron is a star you know angelina jolie i mean come on you know the, those are big stars and here you're going in with with relative unknowns and kristen stewart who i still think really i mean i like her i think she's a good actress but she's still kind of half and half with the audience and i still feel that she maybe not her, she herself is looking for an identity, but maybe it's more or less that her identity with the audience is still kind of I still feel like she's searching for that niche or she's searching for that kind of respectability with some of the audience. I feel like I always get a half and half response from people with Kristen Stewart. It's either they really hate her or they love her and there's no in between it's either yes i like her or no i don't and it's there's no in between so you've got kind of this 
actress, your lead actress has a lukewarm reception with fans. And then you have two relative unknowns. So either, so that means that you're already in an uphill battle. And then you have a story that is riddled with cliches and uneventive action and not really much when it comes to a story. So basically, you are putting it on three actresses with one with a lukewarm reception with fans. The other two are relative unknowns. And you're really just asking them. And then you've got a director who has no experience with the action genre. And then you are asking them to kind of carry this action film. And to me, this, we shouldn't be all that surprised with the result. And again, the last thing I'll say is I'll just go back to coaching, man. (laughs) When you have somebody in these interviews blame other things, rather than just saying uh, what should have been said here is, oh, man, you know, that's unfortunate that people didn't see it. Well, who knows? Maybe whenever it's made available towards media, we'll see a spike then. Or, man, I'll just have to go back to the drawing board. Or, you know what? Maybe it didn't land that well, but it's okay. We'll see what happens in the coming weeks. Or, may, you know what? Uh, maybe there's some things I can learn from this, and I'll definitely learn from this. But I was very proud of the film. You know, I was a writer, actor, director, producer on this, and I'm proud of the film. And you know, I stand by that. But when you start blaming all these other things and you say, well, the reason why I failed is because men didn't watch it. What about all the women that didn't come and watch it, man? What about them? Why did they get a pass just because it was a female empowerment movie? If if only if the movie made eight million domestic, that isn't just because the men didn't come see it. The women didn't come see your shit either. <laughs> So why is one? So now it feels like one, you're pointing the finger at at the and and you're alienating your audience. And that is the last thing you want to do, man. Like uh, because the movies are supposed to be you're trying to get the audience to come see your movie. But rather than look at this and say, well, where did I make mistakes or where did I mess up or anything like that? We're blaming it on men and comic book movies and saying, well, how come they they go see all of those? So why not go see mine? Because those movies are ambitious, man. Those movies are well made. Those movies are better than yours. And at some point, you've got to admit that and just move on and do better the next time. But when you're blaming outside factors and outside things that really had nothing to do with this cliche script or these unimaginative action scenes, it makes me concerned about what may happen with future projects with her. I feel like four years ago, her statement would have had more weight. Um, I just feel... Unfortunately, the thing she tried to really point it out with, which was comic book movies, she called out Spider-Man. Unfortunately, you're also talking about something that has a decades-long place in people's hearts. Charlie's Angels as a franchise does not. Yeah. it It's not a lasting part of, of a cultural zeitgeist. You'll have decades between people even giving a fuck that Charlie's Angels exists. That's a good point. So on the, on that alone, your reboot has something going against it. It could have been amazing, but you're still talking about Charlie's Angels. And ultimately, that's not something that piques people's interest in general. You know, like I said, I had a lot of people just going, why another Charlie's Angels? You know, so it's, it's, it does have that going against it. 
Unfortunately, when you have something like a Transformers or a comic book movie or something like that, you have true nostalgia benefiting a lot of that stuff from the get-go. Does it always work? No, no, you'll have things that fail. But for the most part, that's why those things do succeed. And I'm going to bring up a movie that Justin didn't mention that kind of did, you know, a switcheroo when it came to what the movie actually was. And that's Mad Max Fury Road. On the outside, when you look at it, that's just a typical male-led action movie with Tom Hardy as Mad Max. The movie itself is not. The movie itself is very female and women-centric. And, I mean, shit, that was a critical and box office darling. Like, that was just across the board, like a loved movie. I mean, if I'm thinking right, didn't it get nominated for Best Picture? Something like that. I mean, it just... When you have something like that, and and it's not like Mad Max is also a beloved franchise, but like Justin said, you get the old Mad Max movies and then you get this decades later. And at least when it came out decades later, that fucker changed the game. That is one of the most inventive and stylistic and just groundbreaking movies in the action genre you'll find in a very long time. Yeah. It's just across the board, an amazing movie. And it, it it did fantastic. And so it's one of those things that you can make these claims, but unfortunately, this movie, when she's making these claims, it's punching above its weight. It's it's not that. And I, I really appreciated that you, you mentioned Atomic Blonde, Justin, because, yeah, it's a spy movie and it's a female-led action movie. And it's, it, it's just hands down, it's better than this. And... You know, and like you said, it did better at the box office. And if you really want to bring up comic book movies at the same time, I mean, I mean, fuck Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel did fucking fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it is possible. It's just unfortunately, like I said, this movie doesn't have the pedigree to actually feel like you're going to hit something like that. Because unfortunately, it is just Charlie's Angels. I feel if you had just kind of come at it and then have it be a different movie and then at the end surprise people and be like, it's actually a Charlie's Angels movie. You might have had a better shot. <laughs> right. Nobody gives a fuck about Charlie's Angels. It's just not something that inspires, you know, anybody to really jump at the movie. I didn't want to see this movie because it was Charlie's Angels. I wanted to see this movie because I do know, I did know at least two of the main actresses. You know, I outside of the Twilight movies, I do think Kristen Stewart is a good actress. I've seen her be good in other things. I I love Naomi Scott. Those were the draws for me. But it's also because I'm one of the few people that actually like the Power Rangers reboot. And, and Naomi Scott was the Pink Ranger in that. Um, and I admit it, it's garbage, but fucking fun. I, I, I did love them, or love it. And then, I mean, me and Justin, when we did the Aladdin episode, we... We talked at length about how amazing Naomi Scott was. So, like I said, I went to this movie for them, but I can't necessarily blame other people for not because of them. You know, Kristen Stewart, for whatever reason, in the eyes of the in general public, is having a tough time getting past Twilight. And I don't think that's fair to her because I do think she is leaps and bounds better than Twilight. And Naomi Scott, just not enough people have really seen her or cared or anything like that. I mean, a lot of the people's focus in Aladdin was on Will Smith. And I get that. The genie was such a big character for a lot of people in the animated versions. And I think that the conversation overshadowed her when it came to Aladdin. But I just, I understand that other people weren't going to see the movie because of her like I was, you know. 
Although I will say with Aladdin, she did outshine Aladdin in that movie. <laughs> oh, a wet paper towel could outshine him for most of that movie. Man. <laughs> I mean, he... That's true, though. Also, in all of this talk of um, these movies, part of me just feels like if we put Charlize Theron in a Charlie's Angels movie, it would probably be good. That's what I think. I mean, it could have been. She could have been one of the angels. I mean, hands down. Uh, it's just one of those things that like, all right, I'm going to go back again because I just thought of something else. Michael Strahan in Charlie's Angels outshines Aladdin in Aladdin. Oh, <laughs> It makes sense if you see the movie because he is literally in the background for 30 seconds, infinitely more charismatic than Aladdin. I mean, don't get me wrong. Michael Strahan is a very ca charismatic motherfucker. But when he's literally in the background on a TV screen and has one line of dialogue and he out outshines you, you got a problem. Um, but it's just, I, I think it's, she did a disservice to her own movie by making these statements because I mean, I don't feel like she was realistic about what her movie was. If you know, she had just gone out there and said, look guys, this is a fun fucking movie and you really should give it a chance. That's more realistic to what this movie was. It's, it's not a groundbreaking female action movie. It's not, I mean, it's not the movie she attacked. I mean, cause within comic book movies, you do have to put in there wonder woman and you do have to put captain uh, marvel in there and they let's face it they're better movies than what this was and i mean and wonder woman has all the terrible tropes that dc loves throwing in movies and it's still just hands down better than this you know as much as a lot of people want to attack brie larson and all this other stuff let's be real it's a better movie than this and i'm not trying to pit like women versus women or anything like that it's just empirically you have to look at the data of those movies versus this one. And you have to look at what those movies were versus this one. And they're just better movies than this was, you know? And like Jasta mentioned, Atomic Blonde, and like I said, Mad Max Fury Road, they are better movies than this. And it's universally agreed upon. I mean, a lot of people use box office as a metric of how good a movie was. I, I disagree with that. But if you want to critically look at it, the movies are better. If you want to look at box office, those movies did better. If you want to look at award nominations, those movies did better. I mean, we, I guess I can't technically say that right now because you know, this, there's no award season that would include this movie, but I mean, it just doesn't, it just doesn't hold up to the eye test of the movie she attacked. I think there are better things she could have attacked that would have, you know, exemplified what she was saying. I mean, shit, I, as much as transformer transformers is a nostalgic thing. I mean, fuck, you could have at least attacked transformers. Because those movies are garbage. But then you have to look at the uh, the socioeconomical reasons of why something like Transformers is succeeding when it, it has no fucking right to. Because, let's be real, people in China love that movie. They love those movies. So that's that's why. And this movie's not going to come out in China. Let's be real. This movie's not going to ever come out in China. So you got to take what you can and appreciate whatever money you do get. Because those were the people that believed in you and gave you a chance. And it kind of felt like she was saying that those people weren't good enough. And because other people didn't see it. Yeah. And I do think that's unfair, you know. So anything else, guys, before we get into our recommendations and scores? No, sir. Nope. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. I jumped the gun. Heather, recommendation and score. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I absolutely recommend it. I think it's fun. It's it's a good time. Um. I, it's just all around like there's there's no reason not to see it you know it's just enjoyable it's a good one to go see if you're just you know wanting 
a little bit more lighthearted, but just also some action with it. It's um, it's a great action film, and the women empowerment part of it is really nice too. Like it's really great to have it because it's done in a smart way, minus the Elizabeth Banks comments prior to it. <laughs> but yeah, um, the movie itself does it in a great and subtle and natural way, which I really appreciate about it. So I think it'd be fun. I think. Men and women will both really enjoy it. Um, yeah, I, I definitely say it's worth a shot. Uh, my score for this, I'm gonna give it. Um, I'm gonna give it 70 perfectly timed outfit changes out of 100. Justin, go. All right, so uh, it's gonna be uh, another one of those situational recommendations for me. Like I think that just right now at the movie theater, there are just so many like legitimately good movies out i just don't know how i tell you to go see this before those i mean you, you know i saw several movies that weekend the good liar ford ford v ferrari and things like that and i just think that any of those i saw harriet uh a week and a half ago and hell you want to talk about a film about that's female led and is about a woman who does these amazing things and does and has an inspiring story and is about empowerment uh spend your money on harriet i think that this is something that can just wait until it's out on forms of media this can this is another one of those that just I mean, there's no reason. There's no reason why you must see this. This can go to. This can wait till Netflix. This can wait till it's on HBO. This can wait till it's on Hulu or whatever um, app or form of media that you have. Once it's time for. Uh, this to be released but this is one that can wait and then i mean in next week you got you know on the horizon we've got frozen 2 we, we've got um a beautiful day in the neighborhood so honestly i don't know where you make time for this one i think this is one that you can just not worry about and go see some of these other ones that are really going to count um, with that being said, the film is a mixed bag for me, so I'm split down the middle, man. I love, I like the chemistry of the leads. I like what this movie stands for, and I like the attitude and the confidence and the energy that this movie has. But unfortunately for me, that's all it has. <laughs> you know, uh, once you really look beyond that, it there's nothing else redeeming about it, really redeeming or at least stand out about it. Everything else is kind of mediocre. So I feel like I'm split down the middle on it. So I'm going to give it 50. Elizabeth Banks says complaining about <laughs> men and comic book movies for her box office flop out of 100. I unfortunately feel like this this would have been a fucking perfect movie for Netflix. Like it just would have been such a great movie to put on a streaming service. Yeah. And because kind of like Justin said, if you did not see it, it's opening weekend. The cinemas are getting real crowded real fast. And uh, as much as I did like this movie, I don't know if I could justify going and seeing it over what I would assume because I haven't seen it yet. But Frozen 2, I don't know if I could suggest seeing it over uh won't you be my neighbor i don't know if i could say see it over uh knives out which comes out in a couple of weeks i don't see where like you said 
I don't see where you would schedule this in if you did not already see it. But fuck, it would have been great on Netflix. Like, it's a Wednesday night and you're just at home and you're looking for something to watch. Yeah, fucking throw this on. Like, it'd be perfect for that. And it just, unfortunately, it's not there yet. It's got a few more months before it's going to be on that. So, oh, that's so rough. It really, really is. Um, For as many problems as I have with this movie, I do feel like overall... I had fun with more parts of it than I didn't. I enjoyed more parts of it than I didn't. In the end, I don't know where that brings me, though. That's the problem with this movie. I do recommend watching it. For anything, just to watch the three leads. Do a fucking fantastic job. Do it to fucking teach yourself or to train yourself or whatever the fuck you got to do that Kristen Stewart is not Bella from the Twilight movies. That Ella, I don't know how to say her last name. Belinska. Yes. Okay. Ella Belinska. I do think she's a good actress. She's now on my list of, I can kind of want to see her in something else. I want to see more. I might go try to find some of these British TV shows. And then Naomi Scott, who I am a massive fan of and want more of her and things. I think she did a fantastic job too. So see it as soon as you can, just for that. I do think it's worth it in that regard. But if you're looking for a good action movie, uh, maybe not this. I mean, it's it's not it's not a great action movie. It's it's serviceable as far as the the action and stuff like that goes. But the attitude and the energy and and the acting of the three leads is the main draw of this movie. And unfortunately, that's not what you want in an action movie. Like, I mean, if this was just a comedy, sure, it works in that regard. You know, those are the types of things you want in a comedy. Those are the types of things you want in drama. That's not what you want in an action movie. That can't be your drawing force for this. And, oh God, I've I've literally been struggling with the score ever since I saw this. Because I want to give it a better score than what I feel like I can give it. Like, honestly, I want to give it an 80. I want to, but I can't. So I'm not going to say I'm going to cut the difference between you two. Like I said, I did like it more than I didn't like it. So... I'm going to give it, end up giving it 65 Kristen Stewart, whose character is named Sabina, which that's a cool name. Uh, 65 of those one-liners from Kristen Stewart's Sabina out of 100. I I feel bad about that score because, like I said, I want to say higher, but I can't say higher. I would love for this movie to get a sequel. I truly would. But dear fucking God, it would have to make 96 million, which apparently my formula for what's considered profitable is wrong now. Apparently, you're supposed to now do 2.25 times or two and a half times a budget to be more accurate nowadays. But even on the rule of thumb of two times would mean it's 96 million because it was a $48 million budget. And this movie made 30 million worldwide. It's, it's going to be a godsend if this makes 50 million total. I just don't see it ever getting close to 100 or more based on what it made in its opening weekend. And which to me sucks because like I said, I would have liked to see a sequel, but we're just not going to get one. Um, Any final thoughts before we close it out? Nope. No, sir. I'm good. On that note, thank you guys for listening to the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on www.cinemaslayers.com. Cinema Slayers podcast on Facebook. Cinema underscore Slayers on Twitter and Instagram. Um, One week essentially from the day this comes out we will be doing the Southside Podfest at archers so one week from now check us out it'll be wednesday night at arch or lawler's on archer um we are super excited to do that we're check uh check out the social medias we will be promoting it more on that um we will also be doing a first time ever live recording together not of of the movie knives out which we are super stoked about that so also look out for that both of those will be on the feed so 
even if you can't make it to Chicago for the Southside Podfest, don't worry, guys. You will get to listen to the episode. Um, other than that, guys, I feel like I... Oh, check out our merch. Uh, go to simulslayers.com. Check out it in the top right-hand corner. Click the little merch button and buy something. Or not. I don't know. I mean, I think everything, I think that this stuff looks good. You know, you might just need a coffee mug for your pins. Get a Cinema Slayers one because that's fantastic. And Christmas is coming up. Lots of Cinema Slayers stocking stuffers on there, which that's just funny to say. So um, check out that. Buy some stuff. Get it. It's awesome. They have these super soft shirts. And like I said, they're super soft. I'm wearing one literally right now, and it feels like it's butterly caressing my skin. God, I wish I had said that better, but it's too late. I can't change it. So just remember, guys, according to Justin, Moon Knight is a Best Picture winner. You went from sounding like a football coach to randomly sounding like Mario. <laughs>